1: And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us, especially those of you joining us internationally, wherever you may be. And uh, Elaine, we have another uh, listener from England.
0: Hey, we can pronounce it and, uh, and spell it. I can hey. even pronounce that. Yeah. Sometimes we
1: get the cities we can't pronounce, but that's okay. We love you, and, and uh, it's wonderful to have you with us. Again, Mike Douglas here, along with uh, Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and our prayer intercessor, the uh, inimitable Mr. Owl. I'll Ramsey with us as well, and uh, friends. I want you to I want you to buckle your seatbelts tonight mm-hmm. because you know uh, it, one of the things I think we we struggle with in, in the church today is getting our arms around the expectations I think that that people have of us, and then our ability to live up to our own expectations in terms of reaching out to the community. Go back to. Um, matthew eleven twenty eight and Jesus says, "Come to me, all you, all oh, nice. all oh. all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not going to unpack that scripture uh, tonight, other than to say just a reminder when we talk about taking on that yoke, that's Jesus walking with us under that yoke, not us in a yoke uh, alone, but also to go back and talk about the fact that Jesus is welcoming all. And as the uh, collective church, of course, I think uh, if I understand the scripture correctly, we should be welcoming all, and, and, and we don't always do that well. Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the challenges that, that folks face, some of the uh, hurts, sometimes unintended, that they experience, and then uh, maybe as God leads us through this hour, uh, maybe he'll unpack that for us a little mm-hmm. bit and and um, provide some um, humbling and uh, provide some instruction and uh, at least some reflection on your part as as we look at what it means to open our doors wide and, as Jesus does, accept all who are weary and burdened and uh, and need some rest. Mm-hmm. So with that prologue, let's check in quickly with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs.
2: Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Word for Jesus Freaks from the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 8. Jesus said, If any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you will destroy it. But if you give up your life for me and for the good news, you will save it. Then he said, Don't be ashamed of me and my message among these unfaithful and sinful people. If you are, the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Well, hey... I do not want to bring shame to Jesus, my Savior. I will take up my cross. Will you join me? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go
3: online to persecution.com.
1: You know, that, uh, that dynamic of giving it all, of uh, turning our whole beings over uh, to the Lord and allowing Him to lead can both be a wonderful blessing but also a scary thing at, uh, at times. well, But boy, the impact. When, uh, when we do that. I just want to read a quick letter. Elaine, we got this from um, a gentleman who um, had uh, come out of prison, uh, I believe, not too long ago. I think he got connected uh, through Advancing Vibrant Communities through the PAC program, which is a, a minor miracle or a major miracle when you think about it. Uh, men and women coming out of prison are required to go to this meeting in our county and and. The parole agents are there and, and the probation people are there and the police are there. But, you know, the DMV is there as well, Social Security, Salvation Army, AVC, a whole bunch. The idea is that as men and women are, women are coming out of prison, they have just about every resource they need in that room to succeed. And they're required to go and visit at least three of those uh, stations there before they leave, and it gives them a wonderful way uh, if they 're willing to uh, to get back into society anyway. Uh, uh, this gentleman needed a bike, and he needed a bike so that he could get a job and uh body of Christ donated a bike and we got him connected with it and you know you don't often get thank yous and we don't do what we do to get thank yous but uh, this is kind of a cool letter he says and he's writing it to our uh, angel of mercy over here Elaine hello the bike has been a great blessing to me I have used it to sign up for school and for a job search The days I go out right now are Tuesday and Wednesday. I know God wants me to give of my heart and my time to your ministry. I did have one job interview, but it wasn't the one he has for me. I did suit up and show up, though. You know, faith without works is dead. The guy said you spoke about me at the PAC meeting. Thanks. That really blesses my heart. Actually, it makes me want to cry because our Father has done an awesome job inside of me and it's a testimony. Thank you for sharing in that with me. You're doing a wonderful job. Keep suiting up and showing up. The treasures are eternal. Isn't that cool? really cool. Isn't that cool? Amen.
0: All right. Well, let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way. More opportunities for us to step outside of the comforts of our church and home and and serve others. Well, it's AARP time again. I wish they quit okay. sending me those letters in the mail. You know, know, I'm just in denial it. uh, about that whole it's, AARP uh, it's thing. It's tax time again. and They're and, you know, nice folks. I'm they not are saying nice not, folks. You know, they, it's they just this are.
1: aging thing. And and just quit sending and me the they, mail.
0: They, they do right. nice things like they they prepare federal and, and state tax uh, returns do, right. for for seniors. I mean facetious. Seniors like us and uh, for, for ages sixty and older, uh, low income taxpayers, Stanislaus County, oh, and volunteers. Over 60, well, yeah, we're uh, not quite there. We're not quite there, Mr. Al. But volunteers, almost, though. <laughs> volunteers are needed to assist individuals with their tax returns in Modesto, Newman, Patterson, and Turlot uh, Volunteers should be comfortable working with numbers and turning 60 and such and have <laughs> some familiarity with simple tax returns. Uh, volunteers of all ages and backgrounds are welcome. All volunteers receive free 40-hour comprehensive training uh, to be held held in early January and are asked to volunteer at least four hours uh, a week uh, between February 1st and April 15th. Now, the AARP tax aid program is the nation's largest free volunteering tax counseling and preparation service, helping more than three million people nationwide uh, to file their tax returns, and they did this last year. Great way. To connect with people. Wonderful. And and
1: you know, so many of the seniors that we serve, uh, their families have abandoned them. They really are alone. Mm -hmm. They don't have any resources, human or otherwise. And what a great way to serve them. Truly. Even through the AARP. Good good folks.
0: You betcha. Uh, And the Modesto Gospel Mission, more great folks, Vernon Barb. We Mm. we love them. Uh, Great Thanksgiving Banquet and Bundle Up uh, is going to be held Wednesday, November 26th, starting at 4 in the afternoon uh, for the needy and homeless uh, in our community. In addition... To this year's special Thanksgiving meal with all the fixin's. Uh, The mission is going to be distributing coats for those in need. Mm. Uh, Volunteers are needed to assist on this special day with decorating, uh, setting up, cleaning up, serving the dinner, uh, sorting and distributing uh, the coats. Volunteer shifts of three hours are available starting at 10 in the morning Uh, and prior to volunteering for the first time, they ask that all interested volunteers attend the orientation Uh, on Thursday, November 13th at 5.30. Now, it's not necessary to do this orientation if you have previously volunteered at the mission. Uh, Donations of food for the banquet, uh, coats of all sizes for men, women, and children are very uh, much appreciated and needed. Uh, since 1948, uh, the Modesto Gospel Mission has provided nutritious meals, warm beds, and a place uh, of safety for thousands of poor and homeless men, women, and children. Just a, a great job that they do there. Uh, also, our dear friend, uh, an ABC volunteer herself, Karen Williams, over at the Reading Works mm. Adult Literacy Program. Uh, we love them as well, where you can teach an adult to read and actually change their future. Over 100,000 or 46% of Stanislaw County adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy and are considered functionally illiterate. Uh, You can change a person's life and their future and their children's future by opening doors through reading. This is such a needed uh, thing.
1: It is. There was a stat, and I don't know if it's still accurate or not, out a couple years ago that nationally I think somewhere around 46% of adults cannot read the instructions on their prescription bottles. This is huge. I mean, this is a life-and-death issue, really, in many ways.
0: Volunteers ages 16 years and older spend just two to three hours a week uh, increasing a student's basic reading skills, utilizing uh, phonics-based curriculum. Uh, Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation on Wednesday, November 19th, uh, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., and that's followed up by a tutor training on Saturday, November 22nd. Uh, from 10 to 4 in the afternoon, both will be held at the Modesto Library downstairs auditorium. Uh, Reading Works is uh, in partnership with the Stanslaw County Library and the Stanslaw Literacy Center, providing free literacy services uh, for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaus County. And uh, our, we just ask that you call our dear friend uh, Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or you can email Barbara at bborba at org. And um, the Salvation Army Barbarian Homeless Shelter mm. at 9th and D Streets is now taking dates for feeding, and the open dates are Uh, listed on our website and that's at www.vibrantcommunities.org that's vibrantcommunities.org and also while you're there you may notice that we need bunk beds bunk beds in need for a tiny space in a small apartment and a graffiti wipeout is this Saturday morning you bet Already. already it's that time again so if you want more details on that give us a call here Uh, And you can do so, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571, and we can fill you in on all of those details. Well, as uh, Pastor Mike told you, we uh, have a very special program tonight, and we have very special guests with us. We have Richard and Sarah, case manager from Linkages Program, Area Agency on Aging. And we have Jim Norby, an ABC volunteer and very special uh, friend of ABC's doctor and pastor, Michael Wright. And we want to welcome all three of you wonderful gentlemen. And we're going to talk and share with each of you. I want to just set this up a little bit um, Received a phone call here at AVC, uh, oh, it's been probably a couple of months or so ago, and I want to bring uh, Richard and Sarah in, I guess, first, because Richard, you phoned me, and I answered the phone here, as I, I usually do. And you said that you had a need for ABC, and since we connect our volunteers with opportunities to serve in the community, you said, Elaine, we have a special client, and we are going to call her Jane. And uh, you said we would like to uh, request visits, special friendly visits for Jane. And as you began to share with me the special needs that Jane has, you began to share with me about her life. And Richard, I'm going to ask you to just kind of take it from there and begin to uh, share with our listeners about our conversation. Because as you shared with me, it was just as though the Holy Spirit was beginning to move in me and say, You know, this story needs to be told. It needs to be told with love compassion, and dignity, all that we can muster up uh, and share with everybody. Uh, So maybe just just share with us that conversation that you and I had a couple months back.
4: Sure. Um, Well, basically, uh, I'm not sure where to start. When she became a client, uh, she just was looking for a lot of help and uh one of the things that she had was looking for was some socialization somebody to volunteer to uh just uh come and visit and take her out and uh what happened is she was born i guess what the politically correct term is intersex uh the in in improper term would be uh hermaphrodite she was born multiple gender. And uh, her family, her parents raised her as a male, and due to her her birth defect, uh, her family, especially her father, father, were very abusive towards her. And so uh, she was beaten and burned and tossed into a closet. Uh, her father actually one time took pliers and broke the bones in her feet and her mm. toes. It just tortured her um eventually he ended up uh crushing the back of her skull, which wow. put her into a coma for about a year and uh, the doctors had told her grandmother that if she ever were to wake up that she most likely would be a vegetable, mm-hmm. and they were pretty much had given up hope on her mm-hmm. uh but her grandmother didn't luckily, and uh uh Jing was and is a great artist and really uh just uh identified with colors really well so her grandmother used colors to teach her how to walk and eat wow. and speak and and function uh, as normally as she could uh and she did a great job even the physical therapists and doctors were just amazed um so eventually she became functioning enough where you really couldn't tell uh that she had too many problems uh, but her grandmother passed away and she was sort of left on her own. She's estranged from the remaining family because they were also abusive to her. Mm. And, uh, and she's, she just, um, is better off without them, let's say. And, uh, one of the problems, residual problems from the, the brain injury was that she can't, she has no concept of time, numbers, letters. She can't read or write. She can't, yeah, if, um, if you were to give her a $100 bill and a dollar bill, she couldn't tell you the difference. So a lot of people took advantage of her. Uh You know, she'd go to the store, try to buy a soda, and she'd give them a $100 bill, and they'd say, okay, here's some change, and she didn't know the difference. Um, eventually, some people had taken her in and uh to sort of be a guardian, sort of, but they really just wanted her SSI check. So they would take her money and then just kind of just let her stay there. And then uh, one day they ended up eventually abandoning her. She went home and they were just gone. And so she was living in a in a car in a really bad neighborhood. And some people finally noticed, called the police, and she ended up in a board and care. And um, eventually she, she met some other lady who helped get her out and became her voluntary guardian. Um, because there's no program in this county that could help her because they can't prove that her head injury happened before she was 18 years old. If they could prove that, then she could uh, get some services from from VMRC, Valley uh, Mountain Regional Center. However, there's no records, and we can't go back to the family because she's terrified. So, uh, unfortunately, we're the only program out there to help her. Uh, she, this lady who took her in was really good to her. However, she became ill and has since passed on. Mm. And so, uh, one of the other problems that Jane has is that she gets, uh, confused. She gets lost and she can't just go out on her own. If she wanted to go to the store or just to the park or anything, she has the potential for getting lost. And then people have preconceived notions when they see her because she has some masculine features And she was always raised as a male and and now goes as a female uh, because that's how she truly feels. And uh, so so she's been the victim of abuse by other people, too, attacks, you know, whether it's verbal or physical. And uh, when she gets cornered, her defense mechanism is to beat herself up so that people will leave her alone because they see that. And they think something's wrong, you know, so they just leave her alone. Um, But she's even been uh, judged by, you know just all kinds of people from every walks of life just because of the, the way she looks, and they really don't understand, and she doesn't want to tell them about, you know, her physical problems. So it's been really difficult. So she's sheltered in her home. When I met her, you know, she couldn't really get out. She's got one friend, but the friend, you know, is a grandmother, and she has her own life and work, and so doesn't have enough time to really you know, devote to her. And so, uh, when I called ABC, I was hoping to find just a volunteer that could just spend some time with her and help her get out and, and be a little bit normal, you know, uh, and she told me, uh, she, she's just been so grateful. She's loves, she looks forward to the visits and, uh, she's very, very happy. Um, She's still going through some physical problems, we're trying to help her out with that you know, and, and get things uh, set for her and uh, quote-unquote be normal as she can be, and uh, that's just a process. Um, what I'm happened
0: sure. was, uh, Richard, as we spoke with one another that day on the phone, um, I told you that I didn't feel that just any volunteer would be fit for this particular service. And one uh, particular person came to mind almost instantly. That person is with us tonight, and that uh, volunteer is Jim Norby. And uh, you arranged for Jim and I to um, go with you uh, to meet Jane uh, on that day, and, and that we did. And that was uh, a wonderful uh, experience for, for both of us. And Jim, thank you for joining us. And You're thank very you welcome. for all that you do for, uh, for your neighbors.
3: It is a pleasure visiting Jane. Just a real joy. And uh, I've had an opportunity to meet with her, oh, about six times. And every time um, we spend time together, uh, I learn more about her. And she's just a remarkable person. Um, if I, in my life, had experienced the anger of other people, the uh, lack of acceptance, the The vicious attacks, um, the reaction for being different than she had. I, I just can't imagine that I wouldn't be institutionalized, that it would have so impacted me. But here is a person who, who loves God, who, who really wants to have, who wants to help people. She, does. she talks about it all the time, and her ideal would be to be in a situation where she could perhaps, because she's such a wonderful artist, help someone uh, to develop an interest in and appreciation for art. She just is always thinking about other people, and when you think of all of the things that have happened to her that have been beastly, it it just it just touches my heart.
1: Jim, you know, God builds upon the experiences that he gives us. And, you know, this call coming at this time, Richard, and connecting with ABC and and then connecting uh, uh, with Jim. Jim, talk a little bit about your background and how that in some ways has prepared you uh, for um, dealing with Jane and and being really... Uh, in a way, being Christ to her on, on, on behalf of the body of Christ. Sure. Well, <clears throat> two years ago, this is almost my
3: second anniversary with ABC, my mm-hmm. best job I've ever had. <laughs> but it's really not a job. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to be involved with where Christ is working mm-hmm. and be his tool. Um, for about 40 years, I was involved in education and within the Stanislaw County Office of Education, I worked with severely handicapped children and their families. Um, these could be uh, severely mentally retarded, severely emotionally disturbed, uh, autistic, any number of children who, whose parents had expected a normal child, but but their child came into the world broken in some major way, and and so when you're involved in education like that, you're dealing not only with the individual student, but you're dealing with the family as well. And um, they either move forward together or they have problems together. And so it was our job to to do everything we could to maximize life for these youngsters and their families.
1: And I would imagine, you know, Jim, you were um... – Dealing with a lot of uh, physical and, and cognitive uh, disabilities, and added sure. to all that now in Jane's case, we have uh, traumatic abuse uh, physical abuse and I mean mm-hmm. under any condition that's going to leave physical and emotional scars for a long long time uh, added to that the the challenges that uh, she has physically and and such uh, any experience that she had with uh, the church uh, at all in terms of trying to mainstream in? Or did she just feel, hey, I, I'm not sure that I'm going to fit in. I, I don't know if I'm going to she,
3: fit. She really feels that, that there are two worlds uh, available to a person on this earth, and that is the world of men and women. And she is in this third world, mm. and she feels very lonely because she's the only one she knows of who is in this unique third world, and so that must be terribly lonely. Mm. Um, the, I guess perhaps the fifth time I came to visit her, um, she knew that her worker, Richard, had talked to me a little bit about her unique situation. And so she um, she kept looking for me at any point to reject her, mm. Mm. to not yes. come back. And so um, she said, "You did talk to Richard about me and my special situation, didn't you?" And I said, "Yeah." Hmm. Did Did he tell you everything? And And I said, "Well, um, we talked a little while." So she was quiet for a long time, about five ten minutes, and finally, I knew this was very difficult for her. She. She told me about her situation, how she was born, how she was different, how she had been rejected by the world, her family, people who didn't know her, people who did know her, when they found out about her unique physical characteristics and the pain involved in that. Mm -hmm. And after she told me about all of that, she said, "So, So now what are you going to do? and and i said well we had a pretty good time today and i'd like to come over again next week and and i know that it's important for you to get out but you love nature so why don't we go to big trees next week <laughs> I, <loved it. laughs> I love it and she it. said you know i'd really like that so she said she waited a moment she said It doesn't matter to you that I'm different. And I said, well, you know, God made me. God made you and in his own image and likeness. And God, God tells all of us to love him, but to live, love him by loving one another. And so, you know, it would be a pleasure to spend time with you. And I've learned so much from you just in the five or six times we've spent time together. She, here is this, this person who has been damaged so, so traumatically throughout her life, but she, um, she taught herself how to play the piano. When I mean beautifully, mm. she, she taught herself how to play the saxophone. She is a wonderful artist. She, um, has so many unique, wonderful skills that were self-taught that she wants to share with other people. And so, um, you know, I, every time I um, come into contact with someone through AVC, I always find out that I learn more about life mm. and myself mm. and what mm. God wants of us than they get from me. Yeah.
0: We hear that so often times, Jim, and it's just, uh, it's such a joy. And you inspire so many as you go out and, and serve. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, just incredible. Yeah,
1: I say before we go into the break, because uh, I, I want to hear my brother, Michael, uh, yes. over here. Because uh, uh, I can, I can see God moving I, in his I head right too. now. I can too. I just want to hear what say. But, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Michael, this is... Um, as we've grown to know each other over the past couple of years, this is what fires us up about coming to work at ABC. I mean, working with with people like Jim Norby. I, does it get any better than this? No, mm-hmm. no, Isn't it something. No, no, no way. <laughs> wow.
0: It doesn't, you know. And um, I was talking to uh, to Richard early about Jane's use of uh, of color um, in her everyday life and. Um, yeah. a very special way, uh, just kind of uh, a song, kind of unleashed, and we brought it out of our archived library, if you will, an old Chicago tune, way back, 1970, and it's called Color My World, which is for Jane tonight on Lighthouse House Life, and we'll be back. Chicago the cool. lighthouse live color my world and that's especially for our friend jane tonight as we're discussing some very special friends with special needs and our part as the body of christ and reaching out and loving these people the way that jim norby has and, and richard and sarah and and the way that pastor michael wright and his wonderful church in turlock does and we want to welcome you with us thank you for being with us tonight pastor michael wright
2: thank you i absolutely fill out of the place to be honest with you are you kidding me i'm hearing here about jane oh, my. that's overwhelming you know that's i the thing that i was thinking about and several thoughts first of all i don't what is it that keeps a person from becoming what they call a dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities? I mean, she should have been locked away, as you talked about, Jim, in a mental institution. What's the the strength, the courage? And I'm thinking about Vic- Victor Frankl's word called will to meaning. There is something happens sometimes in what is called acute, complicated trauma that she suffered at the hands of her parents. That was not only chronic, but it was uh, the depth of it was amazing. But but something can happen that can unpeel a person down to that place where they said, you know, where they where they say that I'm not going to let this do this to me. You know, and it may not be verbalized, but and, and then there's that God-given gift, Jim. You talked about with her piano playing, her saxophone playing. Uh, that to me is absolutely amazing. I guess the reason I'm here is because of what we do in Turlock. Yes. Uh, Michael, you were in our worship service, and you heard our, our very special people sing off key. or maybe, You know,
1: <clears throat> I, I've been in worship services all my life. I, I grew up in church. and, and uh, But I'll tell you, hearing those voices sing those praises, that was a little piece of heaven right yes, there. It really it was. was. It doesn't get any better than that. That's right. Yeah, we have a young lady named Linda. She,
2: she has a, a tap. Absolutely dysfunctional body, but her brain is intact, mm. and she she cannot say anything except uh, it's almost like she's moaning, mm. but she's singing. Yeah. And when we ask for praise, she'll she'll moan out something, you know. And I'm just wondering, maybe that may be the very sound of heaven. For all I know, yeah, you know. Right. The another thing that another line of thought that I came across as I was listening to Richard and Jim. About what Jesus said in Book of Matthew, as you've done it to the least of these, yes. Yes. you know, you yes. have done it to <laughs> me. See, and I, I am absolutely convinced how the church uh, relates to the least of these indicates what Jesus Christ is like to that church. You know, and and about how secure people are. The less secure they are, the more withdrawn from these opportunities they're going to be. Richard and are tell me much more about themselves than they are about Jane and how they're talking about her because of their, of their secure relationship to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they don't have to be afraid of, of a difference that they don't know how to box up or put into, to, you know, to, to these boxes. And when anyone or anything stands outside these boxes, uh, I believe God is coming to us like he does in the Garden of Eden and says, come up behind a tree you know what are you going to do with your shame and your hiddenness and your fear you know and so jane to me is is uh, that the garden of god the uh, garden of eden basically as strange as that sounds if if we'll just listen because god is calling us in those places Just like little Linda or or Richard, that Sunday morning he pulled me aside, you know, and here I'm trying to focus in on the message. And he said, I got to talk to you about my brother. And it took 15 minutes to get around to talk about his brother. And I kept shaking my head with those holy uh ahas, you know, (laughs) not knowing where in the world he was going, but staying there listening to him. Because I know Jesus is there in Richard. Mm. There's where the garden is. There's Mm. where I have to come out from behind the tree and get unhidden and get unshamed and get unafraid and just be there present. And that's what I'm hearing in these men's lives, and that's what I'm hearing AVC is that, you know, y'all are as strange as sounds in these very painful places, and these, uh, there's there's God walking in the garden, you know, and He's calling us out behind from behind ourselves, behind the trees, and and we're coming to say uh, we don't have answers, we don't know all the things to say or do, you know, we don't we don't know how to address multigendered people, you know, or whatever you may call them, but. But it's okay. It's okay that I don't know. That's, again, embracing a mystery, isn't it? I'm not knowing this? That's
1: right. Sure. Okay. And I think, Michael, and you you referenced a moment ago to to Matthew 25 and the sheep and the goats. And when you did it to the least of these brothers of mine, you you did it to me. Jesus really inhabits the pain of, of the suffering, doesn't he? Yes. And when we serve the suffering we're serving him. And, and I, I love the way you put that as we're listening to, to Jim and, and, and to Richard, what we're, what we are hearing. And I think what we're faced with every day is who we are in Christ. Exactly.
2: And exactly. how we
1: right. respond is a lot about us. Not so much about the hurt. Thank you. Person, yeah.
2: Right? That's what Jim was saying, that he gets so much out of visiting with Jane and Richard. You know, that's, I mean, Jesus comes to us like that, you know, in our own, you know, Jim referred to about loving God or maybe you loving yourself, others. Jesus is our neighbor our neighbor is the stripped person, (laughs) the person who's been abandoned and who's been who's been beaten. And and what what we don't realize is if that is our neighbor, what about our abandonment, our strippedness, Yeah, you know, and our our woundedness as we address that in Jane. We discover so much about us.
0: And what in the world we're missing out when we look at a person such as Jane and we don't understand the differences and that she has and, and, and the condition that she's in. We don't understand it, so we pass her by or we we choose to look the other way and we don't want to recognize it or have anything to do with it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the body of Christ here because... We do that, don't we, Michael?
2: Exactly. I. We've been told that, you know, our, we, <laughs> people have been honest with us and said we're just a bunch of misfits, you know, and because of you know, spending time with the developmentally disabled, the DDs, you know, or just the weird folks that we are. And, and, and you know, as you know, we don't have a building. Mm-hmm. And that has forced us into interpersonal relationships of such nature that... Uh, we're discovering our stripness, our abandonment, our own woundedness. You know, as we've tried to make our way to 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 Jericho, as it were. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a a book that came out a couple of years ago that I, I picked up. It's called "Wounded Workers" by Kirk Farnsworth, and I picked it up during a time in my ministry when uh, stuff was hitting the fan, and and mm-hmm. I was searching for some things and. Um, anyway, there's a very interesting narrative in there. He, he's talking about a man named Larry, and um, Larry uh, went through some terrible stuff uh, in in terms of a church and his work. And he's, He writes this, God, God is supposed to ensure things like love and justice in organizations that say they exist for the very purpose of reflecting God's character in all they do. And Larry looked to the institution itself and the people in it with the hope that somehow love would be expressed and justice would be done. But when nothing happened to make things right and relieve him of his pain, he turned inward. What happens when we turn inward? On our good days, perhaps we find remedies to the barrenness around us or relief from the unbearable pressures and stress that others bring into our lives. But on our bad days, we start looking for what is wrong with us why am i such a failure what could i have done differently i have nowhere to go no one wants someone like me that can be a very lonely place and i would imagine that jane probably has visited that particular space there at at some time and yet and michael you were referring to it a couple of minutes ago there's something inside jane that Says you're worthwhile. You have worth. You yeah. you have meaning. That is so remarkable because she has
3: suffered so much, yet um, she ha- she does so many wonderful things and has such a great attitude. But she has felt that loneliness, and um, she e- equivocates. She goes back and forth. If if there's no place for me in this world. Then maybe I am the problem. Maybe, um, you know, I am, there's something just inherently wrong with me. And it, I'm not worthy of a friendship. Uh, I, I'm not worried, uh, worthy to be, um, for God to reach out to me and, and call me one of his children. But she's, she has such incredible um uh energy given all of the things that she has suffered to not only know that God is there for her but to want to worship by loving others amen
0: mm.
3: wow and and it it just i i've said to her more than once i just don't know how you could have suffered so much and and yet care so much. Mm. It just blows me away. Mm. And she's always trying to do things to create beauty in the world. And Mm. she lives at a place where people eat common meals. And there's a piano in this common area. Mm. And nobody there plays the piano. And so she has a little keyboard in her uh, apartment. And so she would listen to a song, and she would learn how to, she doesn't know how to read music, and so she would copy all of these notes one at a time and memorize them through a color-coding system that has more than 600 shades of colors in it. And utilizing that, (laughs) she can play a variety of of music from Chopin to show tunes. And so we were having a discussion about her playing because she wants to give joy to the diners. And so she would finish her meal and she'd go over and she'd play music, background music. And they'd all tell her how much they loved it. And she said, I don't know why they don't play the piano because she was assuming they all knew how to play (laughs) and that she was the only one who didn't and that and that she had to teach herself because she sees herself as the odd person out and i said jane they they don't play because they don't know how you're the only one who knows how and she said well i never thought of that but it just really makes me so happy when i can I can make them happy during mealtime by playing for them.
0: Awesome. And saxophone, doesn't she play
3: Yes, it, she, she just doesn't have access to a oh. saxophone now, but she said that she has her color-coded system for the saxophone Maybe as we well. we could get her one. Wow,
4: that'd That's, be awesome. Let's,
0: let's, and if yeah, she had one, one,
3: she could play saxophone for them as well.
0: Awesome, wow. awesome. Does she have any recall, Jim, of the earlier days before the brain thing?
3: Well, uh, before she had this neural insult and, and, uh, this tremendous, um, uh, uh, surgery. Well, it, it, she had surgery but before that. She had a seizure, just a terrible, terrible seizure that caused the need for the surgery and so on. Um, she, she was on the backside having many terrible dreams and, to put those in perspective, her grandmother told her about some things that occurred that she had totally forgotten, and and so now she has a memory of things, not directly, but through her grandmother that happened to her before, things that her family did to her that require, that that cause her great pain, and... Um, but at the same time, her grandmother felt she needed to understand these things to understand the nightmares that she was having. But this was a very talented woman who was was injured by this, this seizure and the surgery. This was a college graduate in accounting who had her own business, who had employees who did everything in the world of art from sculpture to painting who could fly a Cessna and take her mother... <laughs> from california to hawaii where she had a home and back and the more we spend time together the more i learn about the things that she can do and um, uh, she is just a very special person
1: strikes me michael uh, as, as jim is talking Time and time again, we hear the stories about grandmas who stay on their knees and they pray for their uh, sons, daughters, grandchildren. And here's another grandma that God used in a powerful way to help shape Jane. And uh, you know that that tenacity, that sticking. Our, our brother Ross often says, "You got to stay with the stuff," and that's so important in this type of case. Jesus meets us where we are, as we are. Accepts us right there at that moment in time, and then doesn't let go; just keeps working with us. and And we need to reflect that, don't we? I'm, I was just thinking about what Jim was talking
2: about, giving giving Jane markers to 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 make sense out of that which she could understand, because during that kind of traumatic experience, the you disassociate, you just cause you split, and that helped Jane have a. Have a history, uh, but I, but also about. I think the church needs to be a grandma, as yeah. it were. Yeah. You know, yeah. just to, uh, it should be safe. to Let people to let people uh, be who they are, where they are. I, I wish I wish we could have a, a sign for our church. We <laughs> the Lord has forbidden this to have a sign, and we wanted to have a Turlak Community Fellowship. Uh, bring all your stuff. No matter how smelly it may be, you know, just bring it, because God wants it all, you know.
1: Well, as as we looked at at the way the church began, you look at its formation and and Acts. I mean, these were common folk with common problems. They were beset by an oppressive government. Things looked bad. People were being persecuted, put to death, and and yet look how. Look how the Lord exploded his kingdom from those little humble beginnings. And, you know, I, I think so many times we, we've strayed so far away from just the pure um, simpleness of the way God works. You just show up and you be in his presence and you let him do the work. We don't have to fix anybody at church, right? Right on. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're all un- unfixed people can come right yeah, amen to that. and share their unfixedness,
0: yeah you know if we wanted to get real, we're all broken, we're all flawed, we all have things that we don't want others to see, we may not be physically you know scarred in in every way or the same as someone else, but we have things about us that are not perfect and and God knows each and every one. But he loves each of us. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's time, and, and, and don't we just all wish that the body of Christ would, would realize that and, and and love each other anyway? I don't and, know exactly what you I'm know, trying And, you
3: know, Jesus said, love one another, but love begins with acceptance.
0: And And, you know, when are we going to wrap our arms and our hearts around that and begin to walk and live that out as a a lifestyle
2: I just returned from Louisville, Kentucky and there is a ministry in the Appalachian Mountains that has people don't know about this but there's an awakening happening in the Appalachian areas I mean where God is just absolutely moving among these broken people's lives Mm -hmm. Uh, the ministry started back in about 2000 and and uh, the Rileys now have been recognized by the uh, by the Consumer Industry Council as a leading employer of up three thousand people uh, in the Appalachian area that did not have a job. Now they have income. They've got. It's amazing what God's doing. But it's, it's it's almost it's, it's unbelievable that this, it's it's almost like a contagion. The gospel has become a glorious contagion mm. Mm. of the good news is you're a lot more than you think you are, yeah. you know. And and uh, it, it's the stories of how the, the wildfire of the gospel is spreading throughout that region yes. is unbelievable. And it started, by the way, in a prayer meeting of people who just got broken before God.
1: Mm.
0: That's what it takes, doesn't it? Yeah, it mm. does. He loves that brokenness,
1: Michael. We uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, being safe, you know, within the the corporate church in, environment, and you know, with the best of intentions, we have some successes with that, and we have some unsuccesses, <laughs> you know, with that trying to create that type of, of safe environment. And, you know, you look, you look back at everything that Jane has gone through, estranged from family. And I'm sure, you know, God the Father took on, you know, early on some major issues because of, of her own father. A, a crushed skull, the abuse, uh, uh, living in a car, uh, you know, all, and being re- rejected. All of this, um, coming in, in, into focus in a point of time. When God now uses government and the body of Christ to come together, not not separate, and not saying, well, I say, "I'm going to work with them because they're religious people," "I'm going to work with them because they're government people," you know, we're, we we got to keep from having those spiritual cooties we might get from them, you know. But <laughs> but we're working together, and and to me. This is one of the neatest things that, that I see happening here in this area. I can't speak for others because we can just see it from our, our viewpoint here. But there seems to be right now a, a, a nexus, a, a, an opening that God has provided for the community to work together to bless people like Jane, where, where government mm-hmm. says, you know what, we need the faith-based community. And the faith-based community says, you know what, we need government. We need to partner with, with government. Don't, don't you see some of that coming together right now? That's
2: amazing. That's absolutely amazing. It's happening here, right? Yeah. In our own backyard, isn't
1: it? It is. And that's a God thing. Amen. I mean, and, 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 but, Amen. but we have to be available. That's right. We have to be. And, and I think part of that, Michael, and you mentioned a couple moments ago, I think part of God's, um, and, and of course he's able, and I'm not saying this right, but his ability to work through us is effectiveness really depends upon our willingness to be broken, and transparent and like Isaiah say, here I am, use me. Yes. yes. That's what Jim did over here, right? That's right.
0: And that's what agencies and organizations such as the one that Richard works for, uh Linkages, the area agency on aging, whom we partner with, and, and we love doing that, Richard. Thank you for all that you guys do. Oh yeah, as thank well. you. <laughs>
4: Uh, I just wanted to say that ABC has done a lot for a lot of my clients, and I, I'm just so thankful. My clients don't always express it to you, but they're very grateful as well. From simple things to having grab bars installed, John Ingalls, awesome guy, and, uh, <laughs> to ramps and uh, and just friendly visitors, it, it all makes a difference. And it's so hard to find help these days especially with our budget crisis and just not enough, uh, you know, there's only two social workers in our program to cover the wow. entire county. So wow. uh, mm-hmm. and we serve anybody 18 and over who's prematurely at risk of being institutionalized. Wow. So we try to help them remain independent. So thanks to you guys, we have a, a resource to turn to for volunteers and and if anybody's out there that wants to just be a friendly visitor, uh, not all my cases are, are so extreme. It just could be just a lonely senior who's uh, outlived their family or family's out of the area and just wants to speak. And, unfortunately, I don't have the time to speak with them sure. all the time. Uh, you know, having such a huge caseload, I just can try to develop a plan to help them remain independent and avoid being placed into a boarding care or Nursing home, assisted living, because everybody wants to be independent, and and that's what Jane is. She just wants to be independent and and Amen. treated with yes. respect, and wants yes. to love people. Absolutely, that's right.
1: So let me get this there There's two of you for a county of what over five hundred thousand people, right? That's oh, correct. Good, yes. nice, yes. And,
4: and most of the programs we you know you see in social work. Or either geared towards children or towards seniors, mm-hmm. and most of the uh, adults that are, who are disabled or at risk fall through the cracks because there's no, no other programs other than ours, and so yeah. it, it's you know it's uh, it's just frustrating because they don't know where to turn, and for like Jane, uh, her situation, she would always ask me, "Well, isn't there a program where I can get a guardian, or I can get mm. this or that?" And really, there's not. There's just yeah. us. Great
1: opportunity for the body of Christ. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen here, God's time is eternal, but we're bumping the clock on this side of eternity. (laughs) Got about uh, a minute uh, or so left, minute and a half. Uh, Dr. Michael Wright, uh, Jim Norby, any last thoughts uh, just to encourage people to reach out and, and, and touch someone in need?
3: Well, as I said before, it all starts with accepting people. And if you... You know, just on any particular day when I don't have an AVC commitment, I find that as I go to the store I go to the bank or I move around the community, if I just smile at people as I walk in and out of stores and around the community, they smile back and and I feel wonderful. And I can tell that it, it changed however they were thinking moving acting wherever they were in their mind at that time it's such a small thing to do and i, and I get so much out of it so start it more smiling blessed, at
1: strangers more blessed to give than to receive Amen. michael right we got about 20 seconds any last words for you
2: well i'm just very thankful to be in this meeting today to hear about jane mm-hmm. because i believe as as messiah's It can be. Those are holy encounters with a God that's calling us out from behind the tree.
0: Oh, God bless all of you for being with us. And God bless you for listening wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Good night.